I was watching Ben Chilwell pull his hamstring and then carry to the tunnel and he was practically dead. Yeah, she's when he had passed away. Like that, that word was used. Oh, it's, a, it's a tragedy. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. 7.50 this morning, OTBAM brought to you with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mo. You can sign up or donate now at movember.com. Right now, we're joined on the line by Ireland's first ever gymnastics world champion, Reese McLenaghan. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. It's good to hear you say that. Where's the gold medal? Right here, sitting beside me. All right. Nice. (laughs) Have you been uh, just wearing it around the house, looking at yourself in the mirror? It's just been sitting at, on my bedside table just to remind myself when I wake up every morning that it's actually real. When does it sink in or has it yet? I don't think it's quite sunk in yet, to be honest. Um, I don't know when it will. Maybe it never will. Who knows? But um, I'm just so happy that it's done. It's like a huge relief that, um, you know, first of all, that I was able to perform on that big stage. But then also just to finally, you know, have that, that world title that I've dreamed about for so long. It feels like that's such a huge thing ticked off on my list. It, look, uh, it, uh, we're on the outside and we're complete amateurs when it comes to this. But it feels like the thing that separates everybody at the end of these big tournaments that you're at isn't really technical ability. It seems like you're all very, very talented. You've all done a gazillion hours. You all know exactly what you're trying to do. It's that bit that you talked about there delivering on the big stage that separates the medalists each time that it happens is that where the relief comes from that you finally did justice to all that hard work and those years of graft yeah very much so um so you know all of that physical preparation is done in the the months before the competition so when you when you hit competition time your arms shouldn't really be that fatigued at all so it's not like you know you're pushing through your marathon or you're um pushing your body to the limits during the competition you're actually just zoning in on your skills. And when you do that around a skill-based sport that, and nerves have a part to play, then they're going to affect those skills that you, you've actually got. So especially for an apparatus like the pommel horse, you'll see people falling all the time. It's very rare to get a pommel horse final. If there has ever been a pommel horse final with no falls in it, I'd love somebody to send it to me uh, because it's just one of those apparatus. And luckily I was able to hold my own nerves there. And... Uh, why this time? What, what's different about what just happened this weekend enabled it, that enabled you to reach that level of excellence and keep the nerves at bay or feel the nerves and work with them? So, I mean, I, I feel like I am able to do that. And um, I've always been able to do that. And that's due to kind of the mindset training that goes into my, my everyday practice. So, you know, my coach and I do these practice competitions where we create high pressure situations sometimes look even gets a bunch of school kids in to watch my practice competitions just to add that bit of pressure so it's something we do train for and um you know the the pre so this is my fifth world championship so it certainly doesn't come easy um but there's so many contributors to to not having got that gold medal in the past but um you know it's it's just a relief to have it done now Reese, am I right in saying that you mentioned your coach there, Luke Carson, and I know you've been working together for, for a long time, eight years or so. You, you changed up your, your pommel horse routine uh, at some point in, in the build-up. So, like, how crucial was that in, in terms of getting over the line and getting this gold medal? Yeah, it was, it's hugely crucial. It, it's just a, a perfect example of things not going well and learning from them. 
making a decision and making a call to to change the routine for the better. And um, you know, it was a, it was a tactic uh, and a new skill that we put into the routine coming into this year to try and improve our, our execution score mostly. But that routine just didn't didn't compete well. It, it it's a strange skill, and um, it just I stayed on the palm horse throughout all the competitions, but I just split my legs, and that was enough for the judges just to absolutely annihilate me on that execution score and take points off me. So uh, we thought, you know, that that's what happened at the Commonwealth Games uh, where I got silver, even with that mistake. And, and then at the European Championships, uh, I just missed out on that final because of an error. So we went back to the training hall. We, we reassessed and um, we thought of a routine that could take, me the, take home this gold medal and uh, it worked out. That must be even more fulfilling in a way that like uh, it's not just the physical thing that you've had to work out it's the strategic element that you've delivered on as well yeah certainly um you know that that's the beauty of gymnastics as well it's finding individual skills that suits every gymnast individually so um the routine is comprised of uh, 10 skills so it's about selecting those skills very carefully uh, having a, a nice balance of difficulty but then also executing them very well and um my my routine now is full of those difficult skills but also the very nice execution of them. What difference does it make having had the setbacks that you've had over the last 18 months? Like how, how beneficial in the in the long run has that been to you? I know at the time they obviously don't feel like, oh great, yay, another another day of learning where I'm really disappointed. Yeah, they certainly don't. It feels like you're knocked down and then somebody's stomping on your head while you're down on the ground. Uh, if you lose competition after competition or have failure after failure, but because of that, it makes these successes so much sweeter. And uh, I feel like that's why in my um, post, uh, post-competition post interview, all I did was cry. I did not get one word out in that interview. I just cried because there was so much relief. And um, I know how hard it was to go back into that gym after those failures and, and be composed about it, learn from the mistakes, and um, you know, inevitably put on a performance like I did in Liverpool. Because you can't have been composed when you, you know, when everything you've been working for for a number of years and and it does fall apart like that, you can't have been composed. You must have been in turmoil. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, I, I was composed for the most part, I must say. But, you know, obviously you train for hours on end and put, put in every day of my life is dedicated to gymnastics. And then when your one moment doesn't go to plan, uh, you know, of course, that's going to have uh, a negative effect on your mentality, but it's just you don't want it to over overtake your mindset. You don't want it to be a, a mindset that sticks. You can be disappointed. I let myself be disappointed because I know that I flip that disappointment into into motivation because I never want to feel that feeling again. So, for example, after the Olympics, I was like, yeah, don't right, I'm disappointed, but I'm going to turn this into motivation. And um, I, I did exactly that. And I think that's one of the reasons why I, I'm on top of the world right now. How much would you say, Reese, your discipline is, is physical versus mental? Because like, that's something that struck me after your, you know, in your interview. I was thinking that's such a normal reaction and emotion <laughs> to becoming a world champion, not being able to speak and being, and being so emotional. Like, you're clearly yeah. in the physical shape to win a gold medal, but how much of it is, is on the mental side? I, I, would, I would say that gymnastics, um, for me anyway, is... 80% mental and 20% physical. Right. Um, that's a, just a rough estimation that I've always had in my head. And uh, yeah, yes, of course, you have to put in that um, that physical grind. you got to go into the gym every day. got to do that. But even to get there into the gym, to put in the effort, 
it's all up here it's all in your minds and that's where um i feel like i, I thrive in this sport where when you know the shoulder gives up on me and i have to get surgery and push the rehab or i have multiple wrist fractures um you know it's it's something you have to always push past mentally before you even get your body back to physical shape it, like it strikes me i saw max whitlock the uh, team gb athlete congratulating you and, and and some lovely words he said about you afterwards and um like he's he's got the three three medals at that world level. He's the Olympic champion. It, it, people are talking about this rivalry kind of building up. I know you you probably have a few years on him, which is an advantage to yourself. But uh, like, is that something that you kind of look for in gymnastics? It's an individual sport, and yet to have these kind of rivalries and people that you look at to to kind of target must be a must be a positive thing. Yeah, I think it is a positive thing, um, and I, I I welcome it be honest um and i don't think it's done enough in gymnastics you know you see the boxers you see the mma fighters it's always those those uh toe-to-toe press conferences mm-hmm. and that's what builds up the hype to the fight and i want that to be the case in gymnastics too um you know i, I said after the first time i beat max the the current olympic champion when i was 18 i said i'm coming for that world title mm-hmm. next max in my in my uh, post competition Instagram post, and I feel like that was the the initiation of the rivalry, and uh, it's something that does motivate me in training as well. And you know, when I'm sitting on my bum in training, I think, oh, what's what's Max doing, or what's that Chinese guy doing in training that you know gets me off my bum and makes me work harder than ever. That's what I want to see in, in Paris now: the uh, a face off. A way and a face off in terms of gymnastics. Like you're speaking of the boxing reference, like you, you've you've referenced Katie Taylor as well as 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 someone who's who's inspired you as well on the world stage. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it it's people seem surprised that I say Katie Taylor is one of my biggest inspirations in sport, and I I, I can't for the life of me understand why she's the greatest of all time in what she does. And has any Irish athletes? been able to say that completely undisputed like Katie Taylor has um, that to me is just remarkable and uh, to see an Irish athlete do that is um, is very very inspirational to me and it shows to me that why can't I aim for that too What does that mean for you then over the next period of time like um, I know you know you're in the absolute sweet spot of, of greatness at the moment and the Olympics is on your radar how long can you be uh, a full-time gymnast for is there an exterior life that you need to fall back into and kind of develop at the same time so that gives you a little bit of comfort or escape from gymnastics or is it purely in the gymnastics bubble at the moment what's that like I mean I love what I do so it makes that that's um, hard work even more bearable I want to go into the gym and push my body and mind to the limits and um, you know maybe there is a time limit on that but the guy that came third in the Palmer Horse final, he's 38. <laughs> he's, he's 38. That's crazy. He's the oldest world medalist ever, though. So that's a little bit of an exception. And I don't feel like I'll go to 38 years old in this sport, which is fine by me. Um, but, you know, that just kind of shows the time frame. Uh, I could be doing this into my 30s. So uh, that's, that's a very exciting thing. So hopefully there's a lot more gold medals to come with that. And is there is there a, a separate career plan? Do you do you find that you need to dedicate all of your brain space to thinking about and visualization and rest, or do you actually want to go and study and you know develop that other part of your of your life so that these two things kind of coexist? What's your strategy and approach to that? Yeah, well, I, I'm a qualified gymnastics coach now, so I'm trying to work my way up the, the qualifications and hopefully one day become a coach, maybe open up my own club. You know, there's a lot of ambition outside of gymnastics, well, 
outside of my actual gymnastics career, it's still pertaining to gymnastics because I feel like it would almost be um, a wasted knowledge, you know, of me being in this sport for all of my life and then just stopping it and moving on to something else and starting fresh. I, I would love to carry on that knowledge that I've gained throughout the years and pass it on to the younger generation and uh, and help them become world champions and hopefully even beat my achievements. Who took you first to a gymnastics club? What was the impetus behind that? It was just my mum and dad. Uh, they took me to just a local leisure centre. Um, you know, it was a gymnastics club. They just had you know benches, you know that kind of school PE equipment uh, in terms of gymnastics. And I just loved it straight away. Even the simplicity of the uh, you know the small square trampoline that I could jump off on the soft mat. That was just that was awesome to me. That was so cool, and there was something that yeah I always say that I was doing gymnastics before I went to that gymnastics club I was always bouncing on my own trampoline in my back garden climbing trees teaching myself how to do a backflip on the trampoline so when I got that opportunity to go to those facilities it was um it was very nice and when did you start deciding that okay I'm going to just do nothing but this now for a while and and get good at it basically it was when I was eight so I, I rem- for some reason, I remember this conversation very vividly with my mom. I, I had to leave gymnastics training very early. Um, one one evening to go to football practice, and uh, I, you know, I love doing other sports. I love doing football, but I remember just saying, like, I, I just, I just want to focus on gymnastics. I felt like there's guys in that gymnastics gym working hard, and I was leaving and going and playing football, and I, I just wanted to be in that gymnastics gym all the time and improving my skills. Are you? Do you see yourself? You sound like someone who is, but like a student of other sports as well. At least, like you're watching other sports people. Like you mentioned, Katie Taylor there, but whether it's boxers or golfers or footballers, like almost picking up little bits here and there and and, and tidbits of information from from people outside your own sport. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think uh, my go-to is definitely boxing. Uh, all the amateur boxers and uh, you know the professionals too. I, I love their mindset, and of course, as I said, eighty percent of my sports, I believe, is is mindset. So. Um, you know, when I do look at those boxers and they they genuinely believe that they're going to go to these fights and win, uh, that's something that I feel like a lot of sports people might not do. Um, and I, I feel like I can do that. I feel like I can handle the pressure of saying, I want to become world champion and I go and do it. So, uh, and you know, it, it might take that, that fifth world championships that I go to to get it, but I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do it. It's a real Irish thing, isn't it? That inhibition and and not w- being willing to kind of put yourself out there and say I'm going to be the best because we're we're kind of naturally the opposite, maybe as a, as a, as a nation. I know that's a generalised statement, but overall, I think we are. So I think we 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 attach ourselves to people like yourself and, and athletes who who are so ultra confident on, on the world stage, like borderline cocky, and I mean that in a, in a positive sense. Like it's it's so refreshing to see someone like that. Yeah, I, and I understand it. I really do. I understand why um, why people uh, don't like to say, you know, I want to do this and do that. But what, what I like um, when I do interviews is I just I just speak my mind. I, I speak what's uh, what's what's motivating me to train. And when I say that you know I want to become world champion, that I'm I'm telling you that that's what motivates me every day to go into that gym and uh, and work harder than ever. And uh, you know that that's why this world this world championship medal is such a huge deal to me. Um, but I think also a reason people don't 
uh, state their goals is because they, they like to keep it foggy. So if they if they don't achieve that goal, then it's not such a big deal. And I feel like that's why I take my defeat so, so hard. And that's why uh, after the Olympic Games final, when I fell, went went into the room and kicked the door off the hinges. <laughs> you know, I, I was so angry because I knew that that was my goal to go there and have a podium finish. And it didn't happen. But as long as I, as I said, don't let that continue into my training and into other competitions, then it won't be a problem. It'll only motivate me more. Well, now you've got the gold to, to back that up. like, And so that frees you from any burden of any of the past. And you do actually just look back at it as part of the motivation to get you to that first gold. It's 21, 20, 20 21 months to the Olympic Games in Paris. Uh, have you got every, every single second of every day mapped out to that? Or is there um, a little bit of time for that kind of... Uh, calendaring just yet yeah well we, we've got um i'm gonna have two weeks off one or two weeks off here um and that's much needed it's been a long long year um a difficult year and it's, it's just one of those years where our competition season was just all year round this is the first time that i'm not in competition mode so i'm just going to enjoy living somewhat of a normal life mm-hmm. <laughs> socialize with my with my friends a little bit more and um spend some family time as well it'll, it'll be nice coming up to Coming up to Christmas with, you know, knowing I've got the job done this year, having done my my greatest achievement ever, and um, yeah, li- live a bit of a normal life. Is your diet ridiculous? Do you have to like uh, load the calories on, or do you have to keep them off? Like, what, what? How do you balance your weight? How does that work? It's more about um, more about energy, really. So uh, I wouldn't really put on fat. I'd I'd probably say I have about eight percent body fat. Um, uh, and that's just because of the intensity of our training. That's the style of training that we do, where um, I would just burn off all of the calories. So, uh, you know, my nutritionist is always wanting me to to eat more, um, eat more carbohydrates because they would fuel me for my sessions. Um, and that that's more of the, the the aim behind my nutrition is fueling my sessions and then recovering afterwards. So, how, how many calories a day would you be eating? I, I couldn't give you an honest answer. I don't. I don't count calories. Right. I find um, protein or carbohydrates because I feel like I would get too obsessed about it. Okay. I would get too too involved in it and want to to be. Um, I think it would affect my gymnastics maybe. So I just I let my nutritionist <laughs> do mm-hmm. all the counting and she just recommends me big um, big dietary requirements. And is that like like lots eat lots and lots and lots? Is that are you basically yeah all pretty day? much it, it's eat eat more than I think or, or more than my my stomach thinks as well. So uh, I'm mm-hmm. filling myself um, quite quite well in every meal or I try to anyway. Well, listen, uh, congratulations. Enjoy whatever the downtime brings you over the next couple of weeks. And, like, you know, the whole country is now invested emotionally in gymnastics. Apart from your achievement of being our first ever gold medalist and our greatest ever gymnast, you've turned the whole country on to a sport, which is kind of Katie Taylor-esque in its own way, Reese. Yeah, true. And it's always been one of my major goals in this sport is just to promote it, to, to give young people the opportunity that I've had and the joy that I take from this sport. And uh, I feel like this is... Uh, it's a it's a great opportunity to promote that. Yeah, good stuff, Reese. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Thanks so much. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.